Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. We've talked a lot about different health conditions and how we can make ourselves well. We've talked about how we can do research and we've given lots of information so we can learn how to take our health in our own hands so we can work on it, you know, while we're waiting for various appointments with various clinicians. So there's also an area called anti-aging, which sounds a little narcissistic. I mean, it sounds a little self-absorbed, but this is basically looking at how we can stay, have a longer, healthier, optimal life. And this is a very big business. Billions of dollars are being poured into um, anti-aging through pharmaceuticals, technological approaches, supplement approaches. However, there are natural and nutritional means to protect health, to increase longevity, to slow the aging process, and even reverse the damage that we've already done through our lifestyle. Spices are the real superstars on this stage, from helping prevent plaque in your arteries, to cooling chronic inflammation, supporting digestion, easing aching joints, protecting DNA, supporting insulin sensitivity, protecting tissues from cross-linking, preventing tumor growth, stabilization of cellular membranes, clearing extracellular junk that accumulates in our bodies, aiding cellular removal through apoptosis to, you know, various other health methods. We've mentioned many of these on our show, insulin resistance, inflammation, and, you know, these are the culprits behind many diseases. So today we're going to look at spices. And we have an expert on spices with us today. It's Kitty Wells. She's an award-winning formulator, author, and entrepreneur. She travels the globe studying and speaking on the art and science of spices and plants. Recent lectures have taken her to Costa Rica, Russia, Los Angeles, Hawaii, San Francisco, and, of course, the Silicon Valley. She describes herself as a former tech exec turned geek. After spending 24 years in Silicon Valley, she left the high-tech world to move to Sonoma Wine Country to follow her passions for botanical medicine. Her startup company, Spice Farm, produces unique wellness products combining spices, herbs, and medicinal mushrooms. And boy, they sure are soothing and good to drink. Her first products are instant beverage mixes called Golden Goddess Turmeric Elixirs. This won global recognition from Sunnyside West, the largest international forum for scientific advances in the nutritional industry. They selected this from over 300 entrants and she won a coveted Editor's Choice Award, citing that it had great taste, scientific substantiation, and innovation. Spice Farm was also selected as one of the top three most exciting brands by the San Francisco Green Festival for its dedication to sustainable wellness, ethical sourcing, eco-entrepreneurship, and creamy vegan treats. Kitty is a passionate advocate for non-toxic plant medicine for keeping us well and out of the clutches of the pharmaceutical industry. 
Her first book, The Anti-Aging Secret of Spices, was recognized by readers' favorite as the scientific content, pertinent arguments for compelling evidence, and was awarded one of the top four finalists in food and cooking. To learn more, uh, you can get a free copy of her book at spicefarm.com and a special report on the five big turmeric myths. She will tell you how to get these at the end of the session. So, welcome, Kitty. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that we can share this information so we can start getting well um, on our own. So, what got you interested in spices? Well, I grew up in a very rich tradition of uh, herbal medicine back in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And, you know, going back for generations, my mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, they were all herbalists, but I chose to go away to New York City and Silicon Valley. But the whole time, I always just loved spices, and I love, like, exploring all the cuisines of the world and traveling, learning how to cook all this stuff. But then I, I discovered, I think it was about 2002, a friend of mine who was a very, very intense tech exec, he was a VP of one of these big Silicon Valley corporations, he had cancer. And he showed me a book. It was a cookbook about healing from cancer. And there was a page. There was just one page about spices. And it really caught my attention. And I was so fascinated with it. I started to look up spices and cancer to see if this was really true. And I just kept finding more and more research about about the health benefits of spices. And it really, it was, it was, started as a hobby where I started cooking as many ways as I could, you know, all the different curries of the world. And um, I just, it was just so fascinating. I just kept going with it. And as at some point, I just decided this was far more interesting than global data centers. And um, I was going to pursue spice, spices and products using them. Um, so well, you had your yeah. own health concerns, didn't you? I did. You know, it's like working working in high tech, uh, really long hours, really intense um, uh, work situations. I was like just adrenal fatigue and metabolic syndrome. I was kind of spiraling down into. Could you describe what adrenal fatigue is and metabolic syndrome for our listeners? Oh, my gosh. Adrenal fatigue is when you've been under just massive amounts of stress and your body has just pumped out so much cortisol. Your adrenals pump out the stress hormone, which is cortisol. It has all kinds of ill effects on your body. And you get to the point you just can barely open your eyes in the morning um, and you're just so fatigued. It's just painful to get out of bed in the morning. And then metabolic syndrome is like a stage before um, diabetes where you're insulin resistant, you're, again, fatigue. Fatigue is a huge part of both of these. And uh, I luckily found a doctor who was not only an MD, but he was into nutrition. And he gave me just handfuls of supplements and 
getting me off of my, you know, donuts and coffee and (laughs) eating real food. And then I started looking at spices and adding them like cinnamon, lots of cinnamon for the insulin resistance and the adaptogenic herbs for um, building back my adrenals. And it it just had such a profound effect. I started feeling energetic and whole again. And that's, um, that really tripped me off into this path was the effect it had for me. Didn't you say getting old is not for sissies? Ah, yes, that is my dear, that is a wonderful quote from my dear mother-in-law. Getting old is not for sissies. And she, she lived till she was about, uh, oh, she was 96 when she passed away. So she knew something about it. <laughs> Yeah. So we've had many speakers talk about metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and diabetes, and many other speakers speak about cortisol, which, you know, is a stress hormone that is involved with very adverse effects in our metabolism, in our body, and really triggers inflammation and all those other things that lead to chronic diseases. So um, uh, you're right on point. Mm-hmm. So and so, you were studying other people whose approaches to aging, like Aubrey de Grey and Daisy Robinson. Can you tell us what you found out about their approaches to aging? Well, they have the very sort of engineering, technological, pharmaceutical approaches to aging. You know, we're going to engineer our way out of it, or we're going to cure aging as if aging is a disease. Um, so I really, really prefer a more natural approach. You know, like Aubrey de Grey is a fascinating researcher. But, you know, I really don't fancy nanobots and some of these highly engineered approaches. And just looking at what we can do now, what does uh, nature have to offer us? And looking, you know, he, he has all the, I think it's the seven cellular, um, key cellular kinds of damage that come with aging. And what I found in my study of spices, that spices address every single one of them. And we can do it right now, right here, right now, and enjoy it. And it tastes good. Um, so there's 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 just a tremendous amount of science behind spices, whether it's for cancer, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, um, and even though a lot of the studies are animal studies or cell cell line studies, there's increasing numbers all the time of human clinical studies, really bearing some of. Um, the very ancient uses of spices because they really were the world's first medicines. And there were a lot of studies. I think there's studies with resveratrol, lots on curcumin that seems to work as an antidepressant, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-any bad thing you want to think of, berberine, etc., that help with aging, cancer, stem cells, RNA repair, etc. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. And there's, it seems like there's um, a new study published every week. And, and they're, even, they're doing a lot of meta-studies as well, where there's so much research. Now they can just research the research <laughs> and roll it all up. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, how come our doctors aren't telling us about this? Well, that's a very good question. And I think doctors there, of course, there's the growing, growing field of functional medicine and integrative medicine where doctors are are now really waking up to nutritional um, uh, nutritional ways of being, you know, staying healthy instead of pharmaceutical. Um, But there's so many doctors just don't know about it. And it's really interesting. This summer I went to a symposium in New Mexico that was uh, continuing education for doctors, nurses, and nutritionists. And it was nothing. It was called Simply Spices. It was three whole days of just nothing but spices. And I was just so impressed all these practitioners from all around the country showed up to learn. But it, it, was, it was groundbreaking. It never happened before. And oh, that is exciting. Yeah, it's indicating the real growing research uh, uh, interest as well. Is there a question on quality of spices? I mean, you can get some ground-up stuff that's been in the supermarket for a year. You can get some stuff from the market and grind it yourself. I mean, how do you know about the quality? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, You know, first of all, I think organic spices are really important. And organic spices from um, a well-known company company because a lot of spices that you know they do come from third world countries and there are some questionable practices and sometimes they can having worked in several third world countries such as Bangladesh and Pakistan they tend to have very interesting fertilizers something that we would not even (laughs) think of touching so they call it night soil so yeah very interesting practices so manure what manure yeah What brands would you recommend so we can stay away from the night soil? What brands? Yeah, uh, there's one. Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, trying to think. There's one called Simply Spicy that's good. There, okay. There's one actually on Amazon. If you you just need to read through their description of their their practices. Uh, of course, my company, I do a lot of vetting of all our suppliers. Uh, I make sure they don't irradiate spice. I, you know, like McCormick's. McCormick's yeah. is an upstanding company, but everything they put out on the market has been irradiated. And, yeah. um, you know, that, so that takes away the nutritional value. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Bassett and something. Uh, Bassett, well, I can't remember their name. See, I buy spices by, you know, the 100-kilo shipment. So I've, I, <laughs> I haven't shopped for spices in the grocery store in a while. Uh, uh, I get do you sell bowl. spices? I'm sorry? Do you sell spices? I just want to find out where the listener can find spices. Yeah, you know, I don't sell spices. I I sell uh, spice elixirs, and that is uh, what spice elixirs are. They're instant beverage mixes that have organic spices, 
and very concentrated adaptogenic herbs, and um, you just add water and stir, and you've got this delicious daily drink. One of them is a chai. One of them is a chocolate. We're coming out with some new flavors, and um, so it's funny you're asking me about spice brands because I'm... Well, I just um, want the listener to know where to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. First of all, start with organic, an organic brand. Um, non-organic brands, they do have some pretty serious pesticides because they're very valuable crops growing in traditions, and you know, so they douse them with herbicides and fungicides. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about contaminants like, and arsenic and various baddies we might find in our soil? How do we know about that in our spices? Well, that's why you need a good company um, that does. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll have to figure that. out how to do that, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's look more at what's so special about spices from a medicine medicinal point of view? Well, you know, they're... Spices have very unique compounds in them. There are no other plants. You don't find these compounds in other plants. And um, they work on very, very fundamental biochemical processes in our bodies. Um, they, can, they can interact with transcription factors that, that are in your cellular membranes that then tell which genes to turn on and off. And that's, that's a exciting. very profound. That's a very profound interaction that spices have. And you know, I dive a lot into science, but before I talk about science, I also have kind of a spiritual view of healing and spices that that includes like a like an awe of nature and a respect for nature and the intelligence of plants. And it's the intelligence of these plants that are interacting with the sun and the water and the earth elements that create these unbelievable compounds and complex chemistries that scientists are just now unraveling. And and they have all these multiple simultaneous benefits. And... Um, they're far more complex than anything produced in a lab, and they're far more beneficial, and they have no adverse effects. And, uh, They've been used throughout history, such as Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, Arabic traditions, Persian, Greek, Roman. I mean, they've been used ever since we were on this planet for healing or cooking, and haven't they? they, they Mm-hmm. They're really the world's oldest medicines. And another very interesting thing about them, if you look at their history, mankind in general has been attracted to spices. And I think it's kind of instinctually like bees are attracted to flowers, but way more complex because men were willing to sail into unknown oceans with no navigation to go find spices. And they they actually built new navigational instruments in order to go look for spices. And they they really braved, they, they thought there were sea monsters and there were huge storms. And, you know, they 
they went into such dangerous, unknown territory looking for them. So that's something that that we shouldn't forget, you know, and spices were the the basis of the first global networks of commerce. And so mankind and spices have a very old relationship. And they interact uh, with a lot of our biochemical processes. But the ones that seem most interesting to me is they upregulate something called NRF2. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right, NRF2. NRF2 is um, it's a transcription factor. It's a little protein. It's in the, the um, cellular membrane. And um, it... It responds to stimulus from the environment to t- turn, tell, tell certain genes to turn on. And so what NERF2 turn, how tells to turn on is hundreds of genes that then relate, regulate the production of very protective antioxidant enzymes that are made by your body and anti-inflammatory processes. So you want to upregulate that. And then there's all these compounds in spices that interact that say upregulate the nerf too. So that's one. And it has all these wonderful, um, like, cascading benefits. It's one of the most fundamental processes going on in your body all the time. It turns on enzymes, it protects a lot of processes in our body, it inhibits mm-hmm. inflammation, which is a huge instigator of most diseases, and it defends That's our right. mitochondria, our powerhouses that make all of our energy. So NERF2 sounds like something we want to be very friendly with. What Absolutely. spices uh, do this? What spices turn on NERF2? Let's see, just um, quite a number of them, actually. Of course, um, turmeric and ginger are um, well-known, um, let me think, uh, cinnamon, cardamom. Um, they're these compounds that, that um, are found in almost, well, quite a lot of spices that have been studied. Also rosemary, oregano, green, green tea, which isn't a really spice, but it's related. So the other ones, I think, are garlic, parsley, sage, and thyme. Almost sounds like a song. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but sounds like garlic and ginger are the stronger of, and rosemary are the stronger of the lot, but they all contribute. They do. So Nerf 2 is one of the good guys, but inversely correlated with that is something called NF-kappa-B, which is a real baddie. Can you tell us about uh, what NF-kappa-B does, which I think that is everything is a, bad? That's a total baddie. That is uh, one of those master switches like Nerf 2 that ter- tells genes to turn on and off. And it controls all the bad things you don't want to happen, the inflammation, deterioration, um, and um, it's, it's implicated in cancer and Alzheimer's and, and just all the inflammatory diseases. So that's a very good one to turn off. And what um, spices turn off this really baddie? Uh, basically, the same ones that are turning on the good one. Um, again, turmeric, 
um, garlic, ginger, rosemary, um, cloves, cacao, coriander, ginger. I mentioned ginger. Uh, ginger comes up in everything, like turmeric. Yeah, uh, yeah, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> They're just super powerhouses. They have. Well, reading your book, other herbs that other spices that do that as well are basil, rosemary, oregano, cinnamon, of course, cloves, fennel, anise, mm-hmm. coriander, red chilies, etc. Yeah, yeah. They're just uh, and what makes the spices in particular uh, going back to that kind of all of nature uh, it's the the compounds that give them those flavors and the aromas those are very bioactive compounds, and then that's what's attracted us to them for centuries, so it's one of those beautiful gifts of nature and um you know, now with a lot of science behind it, real hard science. So it sounds like there's an innate intelligence going on in the universe that these things are in the room and they attract <laughs> us to it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's one of the beauties. I think one of the beauties of spices, really. Do you need to use a lot of these spices? No. Well, you know, the real deal is that you use them consistently and daily. Um, Like if eating a a curry dinner once in a while is all well and good, but it's not going to give you the benefits. And so really using them consistently and generously, because if you think of people in India who eat curry every day and they eat a whole wide range of spices. It's not just turmeric. It's turmeric and ginger and clove and cinnamon and cumin and um, just uh, fennel and and aficetida. And, you know, so having, um, I think, a plant-heavy diet with lots of spices is is really key to to your epigenetics. That's one of them. Um, So that you're constantly expressing your best and highest self on a genetic level. Um, And you know, there's a there is there was a very interesting study not done not too long ago, I think at the University of Gainesville, where they they looked at these ten different spices in culinary amounts, like like not they weren't looking at the um, the standardized extracts. It was just um, um, reasonable amounts that someone might eat. And they ate them, they had 10 different groups eating these spices for seven days in a row. And they drew blood and checked their blood for inflammatory markers and for DNA damage. And they found, excuse me, just small amounts of whole spices, uh, rosemary, ginger, turmeric, um, and cloves really reduced inflammation in the marker they were measuring. And what's interesting, that was turmeric that hadn't been heated. But then when they heated the turmeric, they found that it reduced DNA strand breakage because, you know, they, they would subject the blood to some very inflammatory substance and then see how much of the DNA broke. 
and um, turmeric that had been heated as if you had cooked it reduced that breakage by 50%. Wow. And, How much turmeric? Uh, it was only 300 milligrams a day, which wow. is about, I don't know, about a quarter teaspoon. That, and that's Would you get the same how- benefit if you take 300 milligrams of turmeric in a capsule? You know, I just don't, unless you're really trying to treat a condition, like like whether it's, you know, arthritis or working with an integrative doctor, uh, absolutely working with a doctor for something as serious as cancer or diabetes, um, I don't really think you need three grams. That's the kind of dosage that that they use in cancer. Well, I said 300 milligrams. Oh, 300 milligrams. Oh, yeah, that's just yeah. a quarter teaspoon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good for uh, oxidative stress, inflammation. You've got just about every pathway you can think of, the tumor curcumin is going to help. So does it matter if it's a spice or if you take it in a capsule? Um, well, again, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, if you're basically healthy and you just want to stay healthy, you know, taking the whole spice is going to have a a lot of benefit. Um, I'm a big believer in the wisdom of nature, and these spices have hundreds of compounds. Yes, I agree. Yeah, we don't know what they all do and how they're synergetic, but because so much of science wants to just break it apart and find that one kind of pharmaceutical silver bullet out of the plant. <laughs> but these plants are very, very, very intelligent. And yes, they, uh, a lot of them are, you know, they come in as all sorts of synergistic properties. Like I think St. John's wort, people want to extract the hypercrimin or whatever and put mm-hmm. it in a capsule, but it's probably all these things interacting. So it's probably best to eat the spice rather than the commercial product. Um, what about cooking the spices? Does that help or hurt, or does it depend on the well, spice? I, I saw a study. To, uh, there's, there's several things about cooking. One is when you're cooking with oil, it, it helps release some of the, these compounds and it helps your body absorb them better. So cooking spices and oil together is a good thing. But you don't want to cook them for hours. I saw a study a while back that that compared spices that had been cooked for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. And so um, I think after 20 minutes, you start getting some of the compounds breaking down. But what you can do, because when you do, if you put spices in early as you're cooking, you, you can do like a good Indian cook does. You, you layer on a little extra, you know, later in the cooking process. Um, but but cooking them for up to twenty minutes doesn't really um, affect them too much. Yeah, and you kind of call the spices nature's designer drugs. Uh, you know, unlike the pharmaceutical silver bullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. So, what's the research <laughs> showing? Can you tell well, us about the, what the research is showing. Well, the research just shows how there are so many simultaneous benefits. Um, 
there are scientists just singing the praises of spices going, there is nothing made in a lab that has so many simultaneous actions that work on so many biological pathways that have no adverse side effects. You know, there's just so many side benefits. And so they can't replicate that in a lab. Uh, You know, they try to break it down into the compounds, just like we were talking about. But again, it's the, the synergy... It's the symphony of the the uh, numbers of compounds, hundreds of compounds. That's why I call them nature's designer drugs. Well, I mean, there's studies, for example, that they can help um, prevent plaque in the arteries. So which um, spices would we use to prevent the plaque in our arteries? Uh, let's see. That would be... The big three, cinnamon, ginger, turmeric, that have, and oh, garlic, don't forget garlic. Um, there was actually a big study um, about garlic that I think, it, it was a meta-study, so it was rolling up information from dozens of other studies, and they showed how garlic um, inhibited the plaques, it reduced um, uh, blood pressure, hypertension. Um, it helped with the calcification of arteries and inflammation and stiffness of arteries. So, so garlic. Can it also reduces there. total cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And it's used, you know, three centuries before Christ in India, but it's got a lot oh, yeah. of and favorable. Hippocrates. Effects. Yeah. And these, yeah. these three, you mentioned turmeric, ginger, and garlic are also good blood, blood cleansers that we use in Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. So it sounds like um, we're coming around. Yeah, and you know, I love that old-fashioned notion of blood cleansers. If you think about it, your blood is actually, it's not just a circulatory, you know, it's not. It, it's kind of a sewer because <laughs> it's carrying. <laughs> it's carrying all this stuff around, and so um, it sort of kind of goes. There's a doctor. His name's Maji Dali, and he calls himself a spiceologist. He's quite a character. Mm-hmm. He's got an impressive resume of all his hospital appointments, um, and. He's somewhat he's semi-retired now, but he calls spices cellular detergents, and that's another mm-hmm. thing we were kind of talking about. Uh, about as you get older, your cellular membranes get a little bit less permeable and and more rigid, and so the nutritional stuff is not getting in, and the and waste the communication is not out. taking place either. Yeah. Right. And that's part of aging. It's part of wrinkles. It's part of glycation. <laughs> it's, you know, it's part of all of those things we don't want. It's actually part of, you know, it, it's part of the beginning of cancer. And um, so you need... <laughs> don't we have to be pretty... Lovers. Don't we have to be pretty careful because some of these agents thin our blood, which is good if we tend to have thick blood, but if we're on blood thinners or anticoagulants, it could be a problem. 
So which um, spices do you have to worry about of possibly thinning the blood? Yeah, uh, turmeric and ginger are both really well known for that. Um, You do have to be cautious with blood thinners. And what my personal goal is, is to keep my blood thin and never have to be on blood thinners. Because, you know, there's, I don't know... (laughs) The, the well, if your blood is not thin, you can end up with pulmonary embolisms from embolisms, you know, in your um, legs. You can end up with strokes. I mean, all sorts exactly. of bad things. So, you know, so there is good to keep the blood thin. But if you're on blood thinners already, one has to be careful. What other spices do one have to be careful of in if you're taking a blood thinner? Uh, let me think. I think, well, ginger and turmeric are the most well-known, probably garlic, although if you're eating culinary amounts that aren't, you know, super heavy, um, see, what are some of the blood... Most spices are blood thinners, um, and really, let's see, licorice, I think, is one. Yes, and, it is. And, uh, a and other ones that you mentioned in your book are cyan, cinnamon... Dill, oregano, peppermint, right. peppermint, thyme. And so, so you know, you know, we just have to be aware of that if we're using them in heavy regular doses. Right. And you could drink, say, peppermint tea or, you know, not worry, put some oregano in your spaghetti sauce. But if you're taking blood thinners, then the more concentrated supplement versions of these spices are what you need to watch for. So we could take these spices in a tea, just put hot water in it, and that's okay? Yeah. You know, you're getting a very mild, healthy beverage. You know, you're not getting the concentrated, active components, you know. or Maybe you don't want to drink, you know, five or ten cups a day. But if you're drinking a cup or two of tea, it's, it's very gentle, so what do you do for aching joints? Well, personally, I have a lot of experience with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a car accident, um, oh my God, decades ago, where my ankle was crushed. And uh, over the years, I, I used a lot of turmeric and ginger and, um, you know, for this post-traumatic arthritis and it really was beneficial. And the cinnamon as well. And then there's one, um, Boswellia, which is actually frankincense, which, um, you know, was one of the gifts of the wise men. Yeah. Um, frankincense is also often mixed with uh, turmeric. And, but turmeric and ginger are real superstars for joint health. Wasn't um, there a I study that turmeric and ginger compared directly with the NSAIDs to ease pain without the negative side effects? Because the NSAIDs, I mean, some of the research is coming out, can cause long-term effects in the brain that we don't want. Oh, Wasn't yeah, there such a study? In the brain, but in the gut? You know, you can have, you can... Uh, oh, yeah, in the gut, yeah. But also, they're looking at long-term effects on dementia as well in the research. Oh, right. But, yeah, they directly right. bomb the gut. But, yeah, that's a lot quicker. But apparently, well, wasn't there such a study that showed they compared directly? Uh, yes, actually, there were a number of studies. 
and a recent, there were a couple of meta-analyses of um, studies on both ginger and turmeric. Uh, you know, one of them, let's see, it was published in 2015 on ginger, and they looked at five human clinical trials, and they discarded a bunch of them that, because they were animal studies or cell line studies, but just looking simply at the human trials. It was like almost 600 patients, and the dose of ginger, I believe, was like between 500 milligrams and a gram. And they, in all these studies, they saw consistent, statistically significant pain reduction. And it was very comparable to the pain reduction that people got from the NSAIDs. But of course, you know, the NSAIDs have these very serious uh, potential cardiovascular side effects. You know, you can... um, there's a certain, I, I can't remember the number of deaths each year attributed to NSAIDs. Well, let um, me translate for the listener. NSAIDs are things like ibuprofen and naproxen and um, yeah, you know, simple uh, over-the-counter pain medicines that most people probably take too much of. Yeah, over-the-counter stuff. They might think it's safe because it's over-the-counter. Even um, aspirin it kills at least 16,000 people a year. I remember that that little data point, 16,000 people. And doesn't willow bark or what? There's some spice that does something, or something similar to aspirin, but I don't recall at this point. Um, so let's aspirin, look at... Yeah. Oh, so aspirin, uh, the, the chemical was derived from salicylic acid, which is uh, an extract of willow bark. And it was Bayer, the German company Bayer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's not go there. (laughs) That's another show. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, Let's look at lowering blood sugar and insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. That's very big. Oh, that's very big. So just a little point there. Um, you know the you've heard of the blue zones where people live to be yes. hundred. Yes. Um, I think Okinawa, somewhere in Italy. I can't remember them all. Yes, but. yes, yes. So the mm-hmm. scientists, there was a group of scientists trying to figure out uh, what was it in all these very different places. What what was common? The common thread between them, and. Um, the one thing that they found, the common attribute of the people living to over 100 was they still had good insulin sensitivity. And that's kind of interesting because I was, I was talking at this longevity conference, a um, bunch of doctors and researchers, and this doctor, Terry Grossman, said he, he believes that at least 87% of every human being over the age of 40 is at least since, uh, insulin impaired. And so it doesn't mean that you're diabetic. It just means that you, you're not working it. Your insulin isn't um, at the best you know, sensitivity. Your cells are, are not responding to insulin the best they could. And, you know, that comes from all the, the uh, carbohydrates, 
the refined carbohydrates in our modern diet, really, and all the sugar, your your cells just lose their sensitivity to the signal. Um, but then, of course, diabetes is such a global, um, just a crisis. You know, it's it's costing billions of dollars as well. It's an economic crisis as well as a human Absolutely. Crisis. It'll bankrupt us by, what some people say, 2030, 2040. I mean, just yeah. treating diabetes alone will bankrupt us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really serious, um, both health, human health issue as well as economic issue. Absolutely. Yeah, and then there's... Um, a number of pharmaceuticals that, that can contribute to insulin resistance that are very common. Absolutely, such as, I mean, the statins certainly uh, stir things up. Yeah, statins, beta blockers, uh, certain uh, antidepressants. Um, oh, yeah, and, but, and antipsychotics, especially the new yeah. ones. They all yeah. do that. Yeah. And a lot of and people so, take antipsychotics such as say we're called to sleep. And I just kinda of go, Really? I mean these are really? doctors taking yeah. it to sleep. Doctors? I mean you should know better. <laughs> I know. Hmm. I will do anything to avoid pharmaceuticals unless I absolutely have to and for a really, 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 really good reason. <laughs> so tell us which spices help with lowering blood sugar, increasing insulin sensitivity. Well, there's a nice little cluster of them. Um, so cinnamon is the best known. Cinnamon, um, there's a bunch of studies, and a number of them were done by our own USDA, which I think is an excellent use of um, our tax dollars. Um, love it. I, love it. Yeah, I actually got to meet some of the scientists doing the, the cinnamon research that showed just what a beneficial um, effect they have on lowering the fat fasting blood sugar and increasing insulin sensitivity. And then they start getting into the, the molecular uh, pathways of how it works, and it goes back to epigenetics where it's that gene signaling and then, you know, turning on the genes that then make the muscles more sensitive to the insulin signaling. But cinnamon, so that's really well studied. Um, also, there's cayenne, fenugreek, turmeric always has benefits. And there are actually a lot of studies on turmeric as well, um, showing, I think, in Thailand, they did a study uh, where they gave people people who were pre-diabetic turmeric or curcumin probably. And all the ones in the curcumin group did not develop diabetes. Um, wow. So, yeah. And the Thais yeah. eat pretty healthy. I worked there for two years. It's pretty healthy. Yeah, you know, they use a lot of ginger, a lot of galangal. Oh, Cilantro. Cilantro, basil, garlic, uh, kefir lime leaves. I love, oh, I love cooking Thai. I love eating Thai. Anyway, <laughs> other, that too, that too. Other, <laughs> other spices that help low, help increase insulin sensitivity are ginger, garlic, and holy bale, according to some of your writings. So yeah. what do we do to keep our brain healthy? 
a lot of the baby boomers are beginning to worry about their brains. Well, yes, for good reason. And again, turmeric. Turmeric is good for everything. And so, and actually, ginger. It helps clear amyloid plaques, doesn't it? Yes, that's what that's one of the things. And it helps it decrease the inflammatory substances that accompany the deposition of the amyloid beta. Correct. Right. And so one and another thing you want to do uh to keep your brain healthy is to keep your blood sugar in check. Absolutely. And so you go back to the spices for blood sugar because you know Alzheimer's is being called the type 3 diabetes. Um and the inflammation and the high blood sugar really starts to have an effect on your brain as well. But you yeah, know, each your time brain, your blood sugar goes up really high or down really low, which indicates poor control, it insults the brain. And I think those insults, you know, collectively can trigger off microglial activation, inflammation, and all sorts of things we don't want to experience. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what so other I, uh, use of spices would you like to discuss? For what other conditions? Um, let's see. We talked about the heart and joints and and lipid brain, membranes are pretty blood. important because we need to have them stable and fluid so things can go in and out and messages can go in and out. But I think you've talked a little about that. Yeah, we talked about that. The answer is curcumin. Hey, we've done a good job about really. Um, let's see. Well, just in general, the inflammation. Well, curcumin's the an- whatever the question is. Curcumin's the answer. <laughs> That's right. Eat more turmeric. <laughs> uh, we talked about the heart. Um, what about DNA? DNA? DNA. Oh, DNA. With the DNA damage that that the yeah. uh, study of the um, just the culinary spices showed, where the rosemary, ginger, clove, and turmeric were really helping protect the DNA from strand breakage. So uh, again. Um, just having a learning how to cook with a lot of spices, I think, is a very valuable thing to do. Um, and also for adrenal health, I mean, the adaptogenic herbs, which include ashwagandha and ginseng, etc. Does I think one needs to find out if your adrenals are overactive or underactive before you add some of these, although they may help in most cases. No, and a digestion for GERD, you can use licorice, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. And ginger is also good for GERD. Um, yeah, so, it's so let's go back to adaptogens for a second. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. adaptogens. Yeah, adaptogenic herbs. We could do a talk like this. We could talk for hours just about adaptogenic herbs. Well, we have herbs. four minutes left, so I'll let you decide <laughs> how you want to use them because I want to make sure you get your very important takeaway points in and how people can connect with you. So. Take it away. Okay, well, I'll, I'll sum up just the, the big three takeaways. And I guess one of them is that spices really are the world's oldest medicines. And modern science is just uncovering the, um, well, just the science behind their magic. And they work on our fundamental biochemical processes, and they help and prevent and modulate diseases. They're real medicine. But even help with cancer, yeah. don't they? Oh, absolutely. Cancer. And to get, but here's the second point. It's the first rule of herbal medicine. If you don't take it, it doesn't work. 
So, you know, really? daily, daily sustained use will get the best benefits. And so then the third point, you know, how you can take them. You can take them as supplements. You can take them as drinks, as elixirs. That's what I make. That's why I make them, because I personally wanted something, a way of taking spices that I could do and enjoy every single day. So every day I have a cup or two of my turmeric chai. And then I so you can do smoothies and soups and dresses and dressings and sauces, etc. Um, it sounds like you can use them. And how will people get a hold of you? So come to my website. It's Spice Farm, and it's P-H-A-R-M, spicefarm.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get one of my special reports. It's called Five Big Turmeric Myths. Don't fall for them. And you can also get a copy of my book called The Anti-Aging Secrets of Spices. And um, so I just love spices. And I also am looking to do some online cooking classes. And I just love to be in touch with anybody that wants to learn more. Spice Farm, P-H-A-R-M dot com. And that will have a lot of information on various talks you've given and, and you know, so people can learn more from there as well. Yes, I did a wonderful um, talk with you. Thank you very much at the Silicon Valley Health Institute uh, this summer. And there's a link to the video uh, on YouTube. Um, I think it was also called The Longevity Science of Spices. But if you just search my name, Kitty Wells and Spices, you know, you'll come up with that video. Or you can go to www.s. VHI, Silicon Valley Health Institute.com. That's right. And you can find it there. It was last summer, I believe. Was it last June that you spoke? Uh, July. It was July. July. So you just go yeah. in and look at last July's presentation, and there she is. Yeah, I think we're coming close to a close now, so I would like to recommend that we all look and research, so look into spices, because it certainly sounds like something that will help us get well, and, you know, work with your clinician, etc., but do as much research as you can, and Kitty is a great place to start, and so you can help yourself, you can help others, and be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.